Welcome to the Tax Sell Podcast, where tax sell investing is made easy. My name is Casey Dimon. I'm a tax sell veteran. I am the leading tax sell expert, the author of the Tax Sell Playbook, a founder of the Tax Sell Academy, and I am your host right here on the Tax Sell Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast episode. This is a completely free podcast and is brought to you through and because of the Tax Sell Academy. All right. Today, I've got a topic that is on a lot of investors' minds, competition, namely competition during hot markets. And this is something that I've discussed over on my YouTube channel a few times, but I wanted to shoot a podcast episode to talk about competition during times of a very good market like we're in right now. This episode will be more of an overview of how to properly look at competition combined with a few different ideas to work around this competition during an up market. Now, all of this is based on close to two decades in this business in many different market conditions throughout the entire United States. Now, some of these I've mentioned before, and they're certainly worth repeating, while others are new takes on handling tax sell competition. The first one is to understand that competition levels will change often with the market cycles. As of this recording, as mentioned, we're in a very strong real estate market. When the market is up, everybody hears about it. Everybody wants a piece of the action. And there's certainly nothing wrong with wanting to get involved in this business. I want everybody to have a piece of the action. The problem lies in who gets involved. In a booming market, you're going to have a much higher percentage of so-called investors who actually have no idea what they're doing. And this creates issues for the investors who do know what they're doing, either through their experience or through education, like the education you're getting right now by listening to this podcast. You can almost compare it to being a good driver only to have somebody run into the back of you. It's not your fault, but it obviously still has an impact on you. Now, these type of investors tend to drive up prices and drive down profit margins. The bad news is you might feel that this has a huge impact on your business. The good news is it really doesn't have that much of an impact on your business if you learn how to pivot. And also, those same folks, sooner or later, they're going to be out of business anyhow. You can only go so long running off extremely thin margins before something derails you. The fact remains that we cannot change our competition. We can't change what somebody else does. We can't change that somebody wants to overpay for a piece of real estate. That is on them. Those people will always exist in some shape or another. But it's up to us to find ways to work around that competition. We should never try to beat them at their own game simply by paying more money than they're willing to pay. That's foolish. It's a loser's game. And besides, as mentioned, they're going to end up beating themselves at their own business sooner or later anyhow. And I've seen this time and time again. When the market is hot, you're going to have a room full of bidders at a tax sale, all bidding on the same types of properties. Prices can get stupid. The market makes a correction. And eventually, the room is only occupied by the wisest investors moving forward. In 2009, I can assure you, there were very, very small crowds at tax sale auctions, even though those investors could still make a lot of money during the downturn. Now, it does not mean that you should just submit to the market 
and forget about investing when the market is good. Of course not. I'm not saying that one bit. You can make a tremendous amount of money in a hot market. And if you pick up the easy properties, that's fantastic, right? If you get those easy ones that everybody's after and you're the lucky bidder with plenty of margin, good for you. Flip them all day long. But if you can't, begin searching for different angles during this time. Now, there are a few different ways that we can do this. One of them is to look closely at the area you are investing in. Certain areas see tremendous spikes during competitive markets. There are lots of areas that are highly impacted by market swings. And there's all sorts of data and research that you can do to find these areas online. Now, there's good aspects and there's bad aspects to this. In some situations, if you play your cards right, of course, then it might actually make sense to focus on the areas that appreciate heavily during hot markets. So if you're a long-term investor, it might actually make a whole lot of sense to actually focus on those areas, even if that means you might be paying what seems like a premium right now. I just sold a property for seven times what it was purchased for just 24 months ago. Now, if you're a shorter-term investor, you need to determine just how short-term you are. I've seen quite a few tax sell investors make a decent chunk of change off of properties they bought just nine or 12 months ago. That's the way where you can leverage appreciation. In that type of situation, if the competition pushes the price at market value, that's okay because you know appreciation will catch up sooner or later. You can sell the property and make money if you are in a position to do that and you're confident that that appreciation will continue. Now, if you're the investor looking to buy a property today and sell it tomorrow, where you do need to get properties at a deep, deep discount, well, you might want to avoid the markets that have the most appreciation during booming economies, unless, of course, you can line up another investor to buy it from you immediately. And as discussed, investors are certainly more available in hot markets. Now, the alternative to investing in these rapidly appreciating areas is investing in smaller markets. I've always, always been a fan of smaller markets. I've been to plenty very competitive tax sales in large cities where there were thousands of people in the room. I've also been to extremely small tax sales, and I can assure you that the smaller sales have provided me with much more success. It's simply a population and numbers type thing. The more people in an area, the more people are gonna be at that tax, which means increased levels of competition. Now, there will always be a point where you can go too small and there aren't any buyers in that market at all. So work to find that sweet spot between having buyers but having very limited competition. Now, on that same note, it's convenience. Work to find areas that are extremely inconvenient for everyone to buy properties at. I believe that a lot of people that get into this business initially at least are naturally lazy. Now, hopefully that is not you, but they wanna buy properties in the places where everything is as easy as possible to invest. Here's the deal. If it's easy for you, that's great, but that's not so great when we factor in competition. Easy for you, easy for everybody else, including your competition. The harder it is for you, the more effort it requires of you, then the more effort it will require of every other investor like you. This will lead to decreased competition levels. Another method is by going after different property types. 
I've invested in plenty of homes, but I've also invested in many, many more vacant parcels. And many of those vacant parcels are different than what most other investors are looking for. You know, that little house that has the cute picket fence is what everybody wants. So consider different property types. One of the largest purchases I've ever made was an entire residential subdivision. Now, despite its market value, there's actually very, very little competition for it. Most investors at that auction, they were looking for your simple single family home and simpler type properties overall. Naturally, I probably wouldn't recommend that you go out and you purchase an entire subdivision on your first transaction. But the point is that there was very limited competition for that specific property simply because of the type of property it was. It just wasn't a popular property with the other bidders in the room. Something else to consider is the actual strategy you are using. If you can think outside the box a little bit and find a little bit of a different angle than everyone else is taking, you're gonna have a much easier track to success. I've mentioned a few of the various angles that I've seen over the years on previous podcasts and over on my YouTube channel, but what I've noticed over the years is that the successful long-term investors seem to have an approach that is just a little bit different than most other investors. Maybe it's a long-term hold strategy. Maybe it's just dominating and controlling one specific subdivision. Maybe it's buying properties to hold as rentals. Maybe it's offering owner financing when you go to sell properties. Perhaps it's just having a very large buyer's list that you can sell to at discounted prices, but very, very quickly. Just figure out a different avenue to take and you will definitely reap the benefits of limited competition because maybe you'll make your money on the back end instead of the front end when you are purchasing the property. Another one is to be patient. I know it's difficult when you're first starting out. And I've seen this a number of times through members in the Tax Cell Academy. Some members will get frustrated and I have to constantly remind them, please be patient. It will come. And once they get that patience worked into their business model, they will eventually acquire the deals that they were after in the first place instead of forcing themselves to purchase something based on some sort of artificial timeline. I didn't remember that took like 12 or 13 months before they got their first deal. But on that first deal, they made well over 10 grand in just a couple of weeks, like 14, 15 days. Then the next property they bought that following week and I believe they picked it up for somewhere around nine or 10,000 bucks. They held it as a rental and they make like 850 bucks a month. Numbers similar to that. But the point is their patience, it paid off for them. So be patient. If you're just starting out, my advice is also to practice constantly. Research properties, research other bidders, research the market, go to auctions, write down the maximum bid amounts, see if you would have been competitive with your practice max bid amounts. Go ahead and follow up on properties that sold last year or even two years ago and see what those investors did with them. Become in tune to the marketplace. Learn what you are doing. It'll make your life so much easier than just throwing money at a property hoping you get some sort of return. Now the good news here is that once you figure this business out and once you learn how to invest the correct way, then you can successfully invest in all market conditions with just a small 
little pivot. The tax sale business works in every single market, and you can make an incredible amount of money in a good market, a bad market, or even a stagnant market, again, which is just a small pivot. And the time to learn exactly what to do starts right now by going to these auctions and learning what you are doing. Take the time to be patient, to approach it just a little bit differently than everybody else, and you're going to reap the benefits. Listen, I truly hope this episode has helped you out when it comes to dealing with competition in a good market and also helps you prepare for the time when the market does begin to turn. If this episode did help or any of our episodes have helped you out here on the Tax Cell Podcast, please do us a huge favor and leave some positive review for us on whatever podcasting platform you are listening to us on today. And as always, for more information, check the show notes for a lot of helpful links or visit TaxCellAcademy.com. Take care. Bye-bye.